Get Involved Referee is brought to you by Pressbox PR. Pressbox PR puts your brand on the map. From a chat over a pint to the headline of a website, Pressbox PR takes your brand and gives it the recognition that it deserves. With a proven track record with multiple clients, you'll be able to see your press go beyond the box with Pressbox PR. Check out pressboxpr.co.uk for more information. And welcome to Get Involved Referee with Des Roach, Steve Conroy and Lindsay Heron. And of course, a very special guest with us tonight. We've got Clyde Two's Ewan Cameron with us, otherwise known as a diehard jambo and a man of, well, some mixed opinions. Welcome to the show, Ewan. It's lovely to be here, Lindsay. You and I have crossed swords on many occasions over the years. And here I am on a show hosted by you. I'm kind of worried where this might be going. Well, let's hope there'll be a bit of sabre rattling as we go on through the progress tonight. Tell you what, though, we'd like to start, since you're our special man tonight, with the the, the Hearts game at the weekend, which was quite an explosive one, chaps, wasn't it? I mean, uh, you're looking at uh, Livingston, who are doing so well this season, up in fourth position in the table uh, against uh, Robbie Nielsen's side. A lot of flashpoints in that game. Um, most notably, I guess, um, at the end, Hearts score so late in the game to get the equalising goal. You'd be delighted with that, Ewan, but um, should that goal have stood, mate? Weirdly, I was talking about this earlier with a couple of pals of mine. There was obviously, I don't know what Nubley is doing for Livingston. He just needs to take the ball to the corner flag, but he decides to go for a second goal and go for the glory. Michael Smith clears it and then it breaks to Alan Forrest. He controls it, but he controls it as he controls it, he bounces up and hits his right hand and then he goes on, he puts a cross in the box, there's a bit of a mess in the defence of area for Livingston and then Ginelli from out of nowhere puts an absolute screamer into the top of the net to equalise the hearts with the last kick of the game I don't know what the rules are regarding the, the control of that ball from Alan Forrest when it bounced up and hit hand um, I was off the opinion if it leads to a goal if a handball leads to a goal then the referee can go back, look at it, and rule the goal out. I don't know if that's the case or not. The boys will be able to tell you. But that's what that was my understanding. So I was surprised that the referee didn't go back and look at it. I pretty much uh, in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, there, there's a few in that game that we'll uh, that we'll look at. But what we've had it um, several times um, was. Uh, St Martin, uh, most recently, um, I don't agree with it. I've, I've said that um, you know something. If it goes beyond the, the time that you give an advantage, two or three seconds, mm-hmm. then that's that's too historic. Um, but precedent's been set that if it does happen during, and I, I don't know what the exact phrase is, when it becomes a, an attack that's likely to lead to a goal, then that's when you you uh, bring the call back to. So technically, aye, that that should have been disallowed. Again, I'm going to be consistent and say I don't agree with it. It's too historic. They, they got away with it uh, on that occasion for me. But the law, the, the interpretation is that that should have been called. So why is the so, referee so, not stopped so, it? Can, sorry jump in there, Lindsay. I'm just, see the um, the Haaland incident in yeah, the Liverpool yeah, game yeah. at Anfield. The referee had a right good view of it. He let the play carry on. They score from that through Foden. And then they call it back because obviously Vara said, I think there might have been a foul in the lead up to the goal. What is the time that the referees are meant to give it before they pull it back? Is, is there a specific time or is it just open to interpretation? It's very much open to interpretation, Ewan. Uh, there isn't a set limit where it's two seconds, four seconds, five seconds. The understanding, and again, we've always said this, the laws are there. 
It's the application and interpretation that the current referees are using. If they feel that that player has gained an advantage, and it has been an advantage because they went on to ultimately score a goal, then it should have been looked at. Like Steve, I'm not entirely comfortable with it because you've still got over half a park to run, you've still got defenders to beat, you've still got to be able to put the ball in the goal. There are a lot of things that can happen before it gets to that at that point. But given the current rules and the precedent being set, I would have thought that certainly John Beaton, who was the VAR operator, should have been sent to Craig Napier. I think you might need to come and have a wee look at this. So you got away with one there then, Ewan? I, I thought it at the time, but I, again, as, as the boys have just alluded to there, what is the time? And there's so much that goes on leading up to the goal. At what point do you bring it back? At what point do you wait for VAR to intervene? I suppose you've got to wait until the ball is out of play. Unfortunately for Livingston, the ball's in the back of the net. Are they really going to pull that back and chop the goal off in the 97th minute time castle? I mean, you need to be a very brave man to do that, wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. And then Robbie comes running on the park. Robbie Nielsen comes running on the park to celebrate, as you might imagine. And he's booked, Steve. Should he be booked? It's taking the emotion out, isn't Take, it? Yeah. Strictly speaking, yeah. But <laughs> I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be. Um, and I know, you know I, I was notorious for... Uh, stopping Alex Williams jumping into the, the crowd and I got a snog for it. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing. He just equalised in the last minute against Kilmarnock. You're a, a bit of leeway. What do we always say? Yeah. You've got to have a feel for the game now. If somebody just scored a goal in the 97th minute and snatching a point from a from a defeat, I would have been running up the sidelines saying, Robbie, get back I off know, the you'd park. be shouting go and screaming a, at him. Yeah. Go, go, go and take a seat or go up, go up the tunnel. I'm about to blow the whistle. Just go and get yourself a cup of tea. Right. Can, can you clear something up for me here? Because um, this is this is something that fans, uh, I think, are not sure of. I mean, there's some classic moments over the years, like Mourinho running up the touchline when they knocked Man United out of the Champions League. There was one famous one when Neil Lennon up at Inverness, uh, when he ran on the pitch and down towards the fans when he scored a, a late winner. Mm. And then you had Robbie Nielsen there at the weekend. Will the referee, if, if the referee decides to say, I understand, it's the 97th minute, it's a 96th minute, it's a winning goal, I'm going to let him off for that. Will that referee get marked down by the observer in the stand who has said, you've not done your job, you should have yellow carded him, no matter what has happened and, and what's gone on and whether it is a last minute equaliser or a winner, will he get marked down for that? More than likely. Yeah. Yeah. There, there really doesn't, uh, there certainly wasn't when... Uh, there's an eyebrow on the receiving end from them. There, there really wasn't much uh, leeway or mitigation coming no. from observers. No. And Black it, and white. And as I said, <clears throat> as I alluded to before, while the laws are there, I don't always agree with the spirit of them and the way that they're having to be having to be done. It's an emotional game. You've just done a monumental fact or part of that match. Yeah, come on. Let's just uh, get on with so, it. So, so you're following instructions from the head of the referees or IFAB or wherever it might be. So, in tr if truth be told, you really can't let your emotions or allow certain circumstances to carry on due to the emotion of the game or what's happened in the game. You have to referee the game by the letter of the, the book or you're going to get marked down for it. It's going to affect you later on in the season. So, it does seem as though you're not allowed to be a human being. The laws are there um, and the laws that themselves are black and white. So the same as any law anywhere, you, you abide by it. But you can't come up with every single contingency. And uh, I keep saying a book, I keep getting slagged. A book of laws, <laughs> you, you just can't cover everything. So there's going to be interpretation and there's going to be opinion. Um, and, and again, depending on, you know, the, the great one among us, it wouldn't have been 
publicised or anything was, was swearing. How much swearing yeah. would you be willing to accept? Strictly speaking, the use of foul and abusive and or insulting language and or gestures is a red card. There's context and there's uh, there, there are reasons and you can you can allow it to go up to your own certain line in the sand. Mm. Um, but strictly speaking, there, there, there's a set of laws and you have to abide by them. In the same vein, you, you know, it's like when players celebrate a goal and they run into the... The, the, their own fans behind the goal to celebrate if it's a particularly important goal. Technically, that's supposed to be a yellow card every day of the week, but they're not always given. So there's that kind of, um, you know, discrepancy or disparaging there. I, the other thing that really annoys fans is is that rule where players can't celebrate with the fans or jump the advertising hoardings to go and celebrate with the fans. And you see... Yeah. A player getting a yellow card, which is really annoying and frustrating, or if a, a player removes his top and there's another yellow card, which sometimes has led to a red card, you're just like, oh, what are you playing at, referee? But what you're telling me is that you're, you are human, you understand the emotion of the game, but the laws of the game don't allow you to be a human being in that situation. That's what you're telling me. Yes. You're allowed to be a human, but you're bound by the laws of the uh those games and I'll, I'll come back at you the the one and there was a, the Man United boy literally a boy at the yeah, weekend yeah. Um, yeah. if you score and you whip your jumper off and fling it round about your head you know you're getting a booking um, so and, and again we're saying it's it's emotions but if you do that and you, you were booked two minutes before then you know what's coming mm-hmm. um, so it's can, not can, the rest can, I'm sorry jumping out can I because again I'm speaking from a fan here and I used to give referees dogs abuse week in and week out when I worked in football but are you not allowed to be a bit more human and understanding of the game and why do you have to abide by the law so stringently when you can't take in the motion of the game itself so you can look right in your report to the boss says look look at what happened look at the the situation we found ourselves in etc 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 would that not be taken into consideration it's it's strictly it's it's you must run the game by the letter of the law or you're going to be punished or you're going to be marked down does pretty much yeah yeah it's you're constricted by the parameters of the laws of the game. You must apply them. Now, we are, Steve and I, and referees who've gone before us, we try and mitigate as much as we can to not have certain situations happen. So I would run by players and I would talk to them. I'd be using their name. I'd be like, right, come on, Steve, don't dive into that next one. You know, it's a yellow card. Or you're trying to manage the game during the game and with the players. So see, when you do give a decision, and there is a sanction or there's something that's going to come up, the player already knows what's coming. You're like, look, I've had a quiet word with you. I've now had a public word with you. I have no more, nothing left. But by the letter of the law and by the observers, and because what I'll accept from some players and what Steve would accept from some players is entirely different from what other people may do. So there, there can't be any sort of unilateral equality there, equity. It is different. People have their own have their own tolerance levels. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's where I think now, and certainly now, that we're seeing everything just as a straight line. That's red, that's yellow, that's yes, that's no. And I don't think that is, I'm not saying that's the best way because I think you still need personalities and to sell your decision to the players, to the management, to the coach and the crowd. And they see the work that you're undertaking to, to have that game going as smoothly as you can. Why is it nothing, a yellow card? Nothing against you two or, or the profession that you're in, but in the many years, and Lindsay might back me up here, over the many, many years I've been watching football, been involved in football, I think the personality has been taken out of the referees from what it was back in the day. Your John McGinley's of this world, your Hugh Dallas of this world, your John Rowbottoms, etc., etc., etc. The guys I kind of worked with and um, kind of the one that's on the after-dinner circuit, I um, can't remember his name now. 
lovely guy. Willie Young, Kenny Will, Clark. Willie Young, Willie Young, yeah. And they were all really sort of like big personalities would have a smile on their face. But I just feel now when you look what's going on in Europe, you look what's going on down south and in Scotland at the moment, there does seem to be a lack of personality. I mean, you look at the likes of Willie Collum, you can't go near that guy without him brandishing a yellow card and looking like a head teacher who's about to give the kids a, a telling off. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know why that's the case nowadays to what it was, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Why is the personality been taken out of referees completely? The easy answer to that is because Des and I aren't reffing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Every single generation of referees are told the same thing, that this generation, you're not anything like the generation that came before. Everybody's robotic. <laughs> Every single group or whatever that comes through and matures are told the exact same stuff. I do think that there are, I won't name any names, um, there are some who look as though they're having their teeth pulled when, when they're reffing. Um, yeah. And we, we, all, we all know the names. I, I always did it because... I enjoyed it. I was I was having fun. You're only a referee um, because you enjoy football. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's but yeah. You look, yeah. Some just don't look as though they're they're enjoying it. Um, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Just going back to the you know taking the shirt off thing and swinging it around your head. Why is that a yellow card? I mean, I'm I'm not being facetious here because I know it dates back to political slogans on shirts and that type of thing. But if there are no slogans on your shirt and you're just celebrating a goal, what the hell's wrong with it? I don't see the harm in it, but it, it was when there was a spate when people were pulling their top up and, mm -hmm. yeah, and there was really The old one Saturdays at yeah. Dundee and Ravenelli had a, a Nike sponsor, so it was to, clubs have got uh, commercial deals with the front of Jersey, mm -hmm. the players may have their own boot deal, etc. So they might wear an Adidas kit with their team, but mm -hmm. they've got Nike boots, so they'll, they'll lift their top up from there, but like Steve. Steve, can I ask you, if you yep. were refereeing a Champions League final or a World Cup final, and there was a goal in the 85th minute to win the Champions League and the player takes his jersey off. Are you sending him off in such a big occasion in his career? Um, if it's my last game ever, nope. Um, <laughs> but if I want to do next year's Champions League final, absolutely. Right, okay. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's him or me. Yeah, that's it. Don't, don't, don't ever let it be you. And we need to talk about the, the thuggery of your hearts players as well, um, Ewan. I mean, what about, no. what about Alec Cochran? I mean, my God, just a bit killed Nicky Devlin in that game, did he not? Did, did, did you think that was a, a, a sending off? I know it went up to VAR and there was, it, it took a very long time to, to make a decision there, but I thought he, he got the ball first. And I know that's a cliched thing to say because the rules are very different now. It doesn't matter whether you get the ball first or not. If you're coming through, he studs up and it's a bit high, they can still be deemed a serious foul play. But I thought it was just a robust challenge. I'm not saying that as a Hearts fan, mm. but I, I I really didn't think it was anything more than what it was and possibly a yellow at most. Guys? I think it was certainly a yellow, a very high tariff yellow. And I think uh, Nicky Devlin was on the receiving end of a very, very robust challenge and Cochrane can maybe consider himself a little bit fortunate. Yeah, I agree would with that. Would you have him a red? I would certainly consider it. I think, I think a yellow probably suffices, but I, I certainly, I wouldn't have come out of that situation with no sanction. Agreed. Uh, that's, yeah, high tariff, yellow, an orange card. Um, <laughs> it, it's, I, um, I know what I was like when I was ref, and I might not have sent him off. I would certainly have done something. Yeah. Um, and I would certainly have let him know that, uh, that I was doing something. But I wouldn't argue with anybody that sent him off for that one. So did the referee do him a favour then? Uh, well, we've we've had that discussion. It went to it went to VAR. So if the guys are having a look at it and saying the same as us, or oh, maybe maybe's I, maybe's no, VAR can't get involved in a caution. 
So the sanctions yeah. with that is that you send them off or you ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've decided between them. Um, and there's obviously, well, obviously there's been minutes of, of debate. They've had that debate between them and uh, the ref and VAR have both decided not to send them off. But that, that would certainly have been the, the discussion. And if they decide not to send them off, it has to start with the throw-in. Who was, who was the ref you disliked the most, Ewan, when you were covering the game? When I worked in the uh, the football forum between 2002 and 2010, I had many a run-in with Hugh Dallas, who was in charge of the referees at the Funny time. That. Um, <laughs> um, he he was sat in the, the sixth floor of the SFA, and on a Monday morning, my boss, Jay Crawford, got a phone call from Hugh Dallas about some of the things I would say. I would have a little quiet word in my ear about some of the opinions that I would have. And I got on really well with Hugh Dallas, um, and he, he kind of saved my bacon a couple of times with certain things I would insinuate that could easily have got me into a lot, a lot of trouble had they taken it further. I'm not going to go into any details or name any names, but Hugh Dallas did me a few favours when it when it came to talking about referees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, let's be honest about it. We live in the goldfish bowl that is a Scottish football, and there's always going to be that rumour about who does he support, who does he support, who does he favour, who does he not favour. Is he in any way biased in his decisions is he influenced in his decisions because he's in the cauldron of Ibrox or the cauldron of Celtic Park etc 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 so when you get into those sorts of debates you end up saying things that you that ultimately are, are wrong and can also um, lead to, to 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 maybe getting a letter through the door from a lawyer or something I can Absolutely. only think that if you Dallas was phoning you on a Monday morning it must have been the second call because the first one would have been to Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and he's no joking. No. You just look at the phone and think, all oh, right. Oh, here it is. Here we go. Here we go. Here we But can I, again, because I've, I've, I've always um, been fascinated with referees and I've, I've worked with referees on numerous occasions, been after dinners with referees when they're no longer involved in the game and you speak to them privately. It's always amazing to get that insight to what goes on behind the scenes and what they're thinking for certain big decisions that, I've been, that I may have been critical of, etc., etc. But here's one thing I'd like to ask you now that we're doing this on a podcast situation so that fans can understand. Everybody grows up supporting a football team. And if I was to referee, I'm going to be honest now, if I was a, a referee and I went to Tynecastle High School, I supported Hearts, I followed Hearts, loved Hearts, and I became a professional referee, I think I would find it difficult not to be a wee bit biased towards hearts or does your professionalism and your training take over? Well, I'll take that one. I can only say that, yes, I like, like Steve, grew up in central Scotland, like football. So if yeah. you like football, you are going to prefer a team or yeah. a, a player, which is natural. However, I've got a, um, people might believe it or might not believe it. I can honestly say that when you're in that moment and refereeing a game, you don't see the team, you see the incident and whether that's for, for Aberdeen, Hearts, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, whoever it may be, you see the incident and you give your decision on the incident. And I'll, again, I'll be entirely honest, if you can be biased and give a decision to a team that you have historically supported, if you can do that that quick within the nanoseconds that you get to do it, then you're a bloody better refereeing human being than I am because I certainly couldn't, I certainly can do it. So no, for me, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, here, here's the question for you then, right? So you referee the game professionally, but let's just say you're refereeing a game and there's the last minute winner for the team that you support. Are you inside doing cartwheels and celebrating? <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> 
just on that, See, just it's, it's no that secret. Honest. I just, I, I love that you're honest. I mean, that's that's just a human reaction. I totally understand that. But Although I'll point this out that well, being Steve, uh, Steve's the perfect case point. You and he'll tell you all about it right now. I be, being a Celtic supporter, always, always being a Celtic supporter, I still get pelters for disallowing a uh, Fortuny goal. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And I did that through gritted teeth as well, I have to say. I'll bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's good that you actually admit that. Because, yeah, I think it's only human and it's only natural that you're doing your job professionally, but if the team that you support is a kid suddenly scores a last-minute winner in a game that you're refereeing and it's a legitimate goal, etc., etc., you'll never show your emotion on the pitch because you can't, obviously, because of your professionalism. But I'm just thinking inside as your heart racing, you're going, oh, yeah, Dancer, <laughs> maybe a wee bit more industrial language than that. But yeah, I, I can't avoid it. What's can't usually better is you get in the car to drive on the way up the road, and your dad's phoning you and saying, "What's it like being at X stadium?" And, oh, what's he really like as a player? And you're giving him the, they're giving him the opinion. But of course, your referees enjoy football. If you enjoy football, as I said, you're going to support a team. I can't remember the team. I can't remember the ref. But there was one in England, was there not? Manchester United, was it not? Was it? Was it not was Clannenberg it as well? Oh, I don't know. Where the the goal went in, and you saw the ref going. <laughs> Yes. But then the, the official there was chat a wee was fist, that's right. Was it not like a wee fist? Aye, a wee fist pump. Uh, but then thing? the official story was uh, he, he said he, he gave such a good advantage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Listen, you. It's been fabulous having you on. Thanks very much for joining us tonight and get involved, referee. And um, maybe we'll see you next time. Uh, you will do. Thanks, Des. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Lindsay. It's been a pleasure. Speak to you soon. All Cheers, Des. Thank Cheers, you. Ewan. Thank you. Cheers, bud. Interesting stuff there, you know, it's, it's, it is quite an interesting aspect, you know, the emotional side of it, the, the human side of it that you brought up there. And it can be difficult when you're constrained by so many regulations and rules. Yeah, but you've got your interpretation, so long as this interpretation is required. But, you know, black and white things like whipping your jumper off and swirling it about your head. So it's black and white. Uh, and go back to the, the Alex Williams one um, when... You know, I, I stopped him, basically stopped him jumping into the crowd. Mm-hmm. But not a moment's hesitate or doubt in my mind that if he had jumped into the crowd, even though he had just scored the last minute equaliser, I'd have been sending him off for his second gel. Yeah. So I, I was made out to be a bit of a saint there and, and I wasn't. All right, strictly speaking, I shouldn't have. Yeah, I shouldn't have caught him. I suppose. Um, but if, if he had got into the crowd, I'd have been cautioning him. But, but again, that's on field management. Yeah. But that's not unilaterally applied, Steve. I mean, there have been a few this season where players have gone into the crowd and they haven't been cautioned. I think we talked about one before, Moritz Jens up at uh, mm-hmm. Ross County. Yep. And he was already on a yellow, so, you know, he could have missed a couple of games or missed a game and that type of thing. That so. might have been a case where the referee has tried to use a bit of personality there and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure pretty positive that as Jens came back on the pitch either he would have been spoken to or Callum McGregor would have been spoken to and saying tell him don't be some bloody silly the next time and stay on the stay on mm-hmm. the pitch but as Steve says you're you're restricted by the laws of the game and at the end of the day you're there to apply them and there isn't really much lateral movement. No, there's not much not much leeway in that at all. I mean obviously the, 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 the main bone of contention since VR has come in guys has been pretty much the handball situation. <laughs> And the penalty incidents that have that have ensued as a result. I mean, you're looking at uh, only five of the the 19 penalties awarded since VAR came in were actually given initially by the referee, and of the other 14 that were given by VAR, they were recommended on review. Eight were for fouls, and 11 were for handball. So it's just endemic at the moment, isn't it? I honestly don't know what what we're doing with handball. Mm. I, I I really don't. Um, and it's it's always the same with old folk. We hark back to our, our own day. 
it was certainly imperfect, but it was much, much better. It was much more sane mm. that the penalty for handball was given if I thought it was deliberate. End of discussion, but you might think it wasn't deliberate. Des might think it, it was. It's it's an opinion. Mm-hmm. But the way it is just now, it's, you know, I, I've said it before, I think I said it last week. I could be a forward just now if all I need to do to get a penalty is just to bluter the ball into a crowd. What's well, interesting, the two cases in point are the, the sort of uh, highlight the, the sort, of, sort of craziness of all of them. We've both come at Celtic Park in the last week or so. We'd, we talked about the Bernabe one last week where he, he raises his right arm when he's jumping with his left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, Matt O'Reilly, um, you know, was, was found to have given away a penalty against Ross County at the weekend there there's not a lot he could have done does he couldn't have got out of the way could he that for me has been the most contentious one mm. uh, that, we've, that we've seen all season and not to put too fine a point on it I think the handball rule at the moment is an absolute joke mm-hmm. the wording of it but it says if it hits you not you hit it where Steve's saying there mm-hmm. it's your intention to, to play the ball or if you stop to promise an attacker the ball's hit him he's standing one yard away from him he's not in an unnatural position I mean, what is every 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 handball now going to be a penalty? That's taking the the skill of the referee away. The referee's there to to give to show their knowledge of the games and application of the game. But if that ball hits you and you have no chance of getting the, your body out the way of it or your arm out the way of it, it doesn't mean not every foul is a free kick. Not every handball is a penalty. I, I couldn't agree more. It's 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 appalling. I think it is appalling. It's, it's a total farce. Here's Mr O'Reilly, you put his arms. Yep. We, they've got to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the interpretation, if they're assuming that that's unnatural, he was just standing still. There was three of them around the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just standing still. He wasn't doing anything because he wasn't going past. It, it, there was nothing in there that says that, that that was a penalty. Although the one before, I've, I've said it, the Bernabeu one, mm-hmm. um, in the interpretation, that is a penalty. Yes. Disagree with it totally, yep. but that is a pen- penalty because, because it's so unnatural. High. Yeah. Yeah. In the old days, we wouldn't be given that as a penalty. No. Um, but it is now, but it, it is like you said, take away the skill of the ref. Yep. Take away the skill of the, the players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sent a, a picture to, obviously, our, our group chat of the, the Kilmarnock player in the second half, running towards the Hibernian boy about to cross in. Now he's running for about 10 yards maybe, with his hands behind him, mm-hmm. using his shoulders to give him momentum to run, that's unnatural because you do not it's run your hands behind <laughs> your back. So unfortunately, it's yeah, it's the hot topic at the moment, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunately the the wrong the wrong application for it because it's certainly I can see it if you're making your body bigger, I can see if you're trying to stop an attack deliberately, but the words deliberate and intent do not appear anywhere in the laws of the game anymore. Yeah. In, in fairness to our guys, though, they're only applying what UEFA want. Our guys to apply as well, isn't that, isn't that right? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what we keep saying, mm-hmm. and and I'm sure I, I can't remember who it was that gave the penalty. Um, the uh, the one the, the other week with Bernabeu again. He must have been looking at that and going, "That's a handball." Mm. So the the refs hate it every bit as much um, as uh, everybody else does, but they're bound mm-hmm. to give it. Um, and as as you said, if you don't give that, then you're downgraded. So you're not getting uh, you're not getting the games again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's, you know, the, the consequences of you not getting a game or potentially Celtic uh, losing two winning positions mm-hmm. uh, in consecutive weeks because of penalties. It's, it's, it's appalling. I think it's been accepted 
because Celtic won. I, could you imagine if Postecoglou came out of there with one point and Rangers obviously mm-hmm. taking one point weekend? I think there'd be a, a lot more noise yep, coming absolutely. out of Celtic Park. That's what I mean. It didn't damage them in terms of the results. They won all these two matches yeah. and equally they won the, the Hearts game where the Michael Smith handball wasn't given um, in their favour mm-hmm. um, so in each occasion it hasn't hurt them but it could hurt mm-hmm. them in the future I suppose yeah I mean there if you if you take them out there's what th- certainly a draw at the weekend there if that wasn't wasn't there mm-hmm. Hearts game well they won that quite comfortably and Dundee United last week they did go on to win it comfortably but yeah there's drop points and mm-hmm. that's not uh, not reflective in how they're playing Celtic complained to the SFA about that Michael Smith one. Oh, sorry, the, the, the bigger part. They complained to the SFA about the Jota offside decision in the Motherwell match last midweek. I think they were maybe meddling a little bit because um, I think the Hawkeye technology is more decisive than the, the camera angles. Is that your understanding? As far as I'm aware, yeah. yeah. But you know, it might have been a bit of mischief making, but I, I think they had a point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What on earth is the cameraman doing pointing at the, the dugout area when he uh, should be following is, the play? Uh-huh. I know. But then to come up with a squiggly line um, and then what I can't get my head around is, you know, when, when they came out and said, yeah, we, we admit we didn't have a, uh, a proper angle. Yeah. So what are you doing overturning a, a decision on the, the pitch going on, I guess? If you if you don't have the right picture and the right, if you don't have the correct picture and the correct information, mm-hmm. you cannot make a correct decision. No. That's that's just that's factual. You can't make a correct decision if you don't have that information. Mm-hmm. So I think the the statement was a bit. Uh, you can, oh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have liked that one out if I was in the. No, the I, PR I wouldn't, guys. Be, wouldn't be. And again, you wonder who signs these things off. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't. But we're, we're talking about them, you know, being so secretive, and then they choose their times to come out, and it's just, oh, couldn't believe that when when that came out. So the official SFA policy is that we have a guess. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it didn't damage Celtic ultimately, you know, the, because they came through to win mm-hmm. that match. So, but these are these are things that could be, you know, massive at the, in the, the end up. Isn't it? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're nine points clear just now. They could be could be six or they could be twelve. <laughs> I mean, so uh-huh. but you've got if you're using technology, the technology's correct. It just wasn't getting used correctly by the by the cameraman. Too busy, interested in what's going on in the technical area. Yeah, but strictly speaking, and I know it's it's really stretching it. But three big decisions that, that went against them. If that turns into three defeats, mm-hmm. then they're level pegging. A big call, or rather a big VAR intervention, if you like, in Paisley, in, in the, the St Mirren Rangers game. Um, Kevin Clancy books Ryan Kent for what he thinks is a simulation. And then he has to go and have a look at the monitor, guys, and he realises it actually was a penalty. Well, yeah. I, that, that one was right. But I'll, I'll, I'll say in, in defence of Kevin, when I saw it first time, I thought it was a dive. But then when you yeah, when you saw it in review, yep, it, it was a foul. But then that was immediately replaced by what the hell was the defender doing? I know. The defenders actually tr- almost tried to pull himself out of the out of the challenge, but he was already committed. Mm-hmm. But what I will say, and it'll give VAR its praise there, that's what VAR's for. That's is what it's for. It's yeah. to overturn these. That is the purpose of VAR. It was used correctly. Kevin wouldn't have liked knowing that he's got it ultimately wrong. But um, Andrew Dallas was the VAR official, got Kevin across. Do your on-field review, correct, rescind penalty, eh, sorry, rescind the, the caution in a, in a card. That's the way it should always be. And they've done it at speed? Yes. So that that's how VAR works, and that's proof that the technology, if the cameraman's watching, <laughs> that the technology works, yep. and when you, you act on it, perfect. 
I talk about human. I, I mean, I guess Kevin was probably a little bit um, mortified by all of that and d- disappointed and unhappy that he's been made to look rather foolish. Um, he didn't appear to be too contrite when he was rescinding the yellow card from Ryan Kent. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, I mean, that, that ultimately that could, I mean, we're talking about Rangers being nine points behind Celtic in the league, but that point could be absolutely Crucial for them. Absolutely. Every point at this moment in time, Van Bronckhurst is, is fighting for. Mm. And, uh, and also, that could be a totting up process for uh, Kent as well. He could be under the threat of a yeah, second yellow card during that course, game. Of course. And totting up could mm. be suspended for mm-hmm. a game down the line. Yeah. So it, it was, it was a critical decision. But as we say, praise it correctly, they got the right they decision. Got it right. And Tavernier's reaction, you saw how important that was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just a kind of quirky one. That's that's the eighth penalty that St Mirren have conceded this season. They're obviously absolute thugs and maniacs at the back there, aren't they? I was going to say, you know what these people for Ryan Fraser are like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the leafy parts. <laughs> well, I suppose it's quirky, isn't it? I mean, yeah, just, there's, no the real, there's no real no. Tech, there's no real sort of logic to that, is there? No, just no, I'm sure somebody else will overtake them. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. And there was just one more incident in that match. I'd like to talk to you about just quickly. It was the the challenge on. Leon King that left a poor kid um, really quite uh, in disturbing condition lying in the turf out cold seven minutes that it took the medics to, to get him all sorted out and strapped into the stretcher getting his neck and his mm-hmm. head sorted out and then taken to hospital where it was discovered he, he did suffer concussion you've had a look at it fellas and you know it's a robust challenge by Curtis Main but is it is it a nasty one or is it or is it an accidental one or what do you think I think it's just a a collision that will happen during a physical game of football. I don't think that Curtis Main has went to to injure the boy, unfortunately, and, and thankfully he's he's okay now and he's he's being looked after. But I thought it was quite innocuous. I didn't see anything there that was jumping out at me to think, oh right, he's he's thumped one in the back of the head, mm-hmm. and I just felt it was a a fair jump with unfortunate circumstances that resulted from it. Yeah, no, I think think I agree. Um, it certainly didn't look as though there was anything uh, bad in it. I think you, Lindsay, used the phrase at one point, a footballing incident. Yeah. Um, that, that's what it looked like to me. Un- unfortunate consequences, and thankfully the boy will be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I think that just looked like one of those horrible consequences of, uh, of a contact sport. And just quickly on concussion again, obviously they're allowed to make the concussion substitution, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And if that happens, though, the player is cannot play for two weeks, is that correct? Something like that? It's along those lines. There are concussion protocols, uh-huh. um, and it, it's actually good to hear that they have the uh, concussion subs, whatever we're going to call them. Mm-hmm. Although quite disturbing that uh, I'm certainly not aware of. You know, somebody will correct me uh, how many times that's that's been used. Concussion is something that we should be taking so so seriously. When you see some of the the, the figures that come out that, that see uh, show you how uh, much more prevalent among. Uh, contact sports people, mm-hmm. things like MNDR compared to uh, normal punters. Um, and gone are the days where you just rub somebody in the head with a cold sponge and tell them to get on with it. No, that's brain damage isn't something that you want anybody to they've, suffer. They've even brought it in uh, youth football that they can't practice heading at training. That's They, they, they don't do it um, because obviously they've had medical research that mm-hmm. what these long term mm-hmm. effects are, mm-hmm. are having on somebody. But the main thing is that 
the, the boys well and he'll take the time needed to be to recover and obviously we've got a natural break now. Absolutely. And just on a lighter note to finish off, um, your old friend Bobby Madden in the thick of the action at the weekend down in England, uh, Fleetwood Town uh, and of course Scott Brown against Joey Barton uh, in the, the dugouts and lo and behold, Bobby sends off Joey at the end of the game. He wasn't very happy with some of the decisions, Des. Aye. Not that we're betting people, but you could bet you could have bet your bottom dollar that there was going to be something involving Joey Barton in that game. With Scott Brown standing ten years along to the side, it's a an old firm derby getting played in the north coast of England. That's uh, media heaven, isn't it? it is, those two. It is, that's just the gift that keeps giving, mm. as I would say, with those two. But uh, yeah, he's obviously Joey's step beyond Bobby's tolerance level, mm. uh, and Bobby's taking the action that he felt felt was deserved. Mm-hmm. But he actually, Joey Barton actually praised Bobby later on and apologised for his behaviour. So, who knew? He never done that when he was in Scotland. <laughs> no. Nope. You've seen the size of Bobby right enough? Oh, he'd be a brave man to take Bobby mm. on, that's for sure. Listen, thanks for listening to us this week on Get Involved Referee. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Let us have your thoughts and questions and we'll catch you next time.